Father Mark, we know what you're going to do here. This is the gospel where Jesus asked the disciples that important question, who do you say that I am? What you're going to do here is you're going to ask us, or you're going to tell us that what we need to do here today is to ask ourselves that question that Jesus asked the disciples. So we can just move on to the creed, right? We're not going to move right on to the creed, but I am going to ask you to ask that question that Jesus asked the disciples to pretend that he's asking us. But we can't answer that question too quickly. There's a popular secular psychologist now who's been really making the rounds now for the better part of five, seven years. It's blowing up on the internet and he's, he's not a professed Christian. He, 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 he writes a lot on religion. Um, really religious um, ideas and topics are a great interest to him. But when he's asked the, on his belief about God, and more specifically when he's asked about his, his belief on the person of Jesus, when you hear him, you, you, you perceive that he understands the weight of the question. Most of us don't. Most of us here today don't. Recently, when he was asked the question, he says this. He says, Jesus is too terrifying a reality to fully believe. He says, I don't even know what would happen to me if I fully believed it. It's an honest answer for someone who, who, who grasps the weight and understands the weight of that question the question that Jesus poses the disciples, that he poses to you and me here today. So as we turn to the gospel, and we will ask ourselves that question, first, we need to see the new backdrop, and secondly, being called out of the shallows. So first, the backdrop. The text, as we heard, starting off the very beginning of the gospel, the text says, Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, and it is there that he asked the disciples that question. You know, so that's another, that's another whole homily on the significance of that, of, why, of Caesarea Philippi and what that place was, and why maybe Jesus wanted to bring them to that spot to ask them this question. The fact of in this spot, the temples and the altars that were dedicated to the, Greco, the, the Greco-Roman deities, like that was the backdrop of the time. But that's not the backdrop today. We have a different Caesarea Philippi, if you will. And so I'm going to ask that you listen very carefully to this because this is extremely important to understand and to see what the backdrop is today for us. It's not Caesarea Philippi, it's, but, but it's this. And as we raise our children, as we raise our grandchildren, as the parish, as we look out the importance to evangelize a broken world, we've got to understand what the backdrop is. And it's a new backdrop. In the early 2000s, there was this movement that kind of came on the scenes that many people... Um, it was first coined by Christian Smith, who's out of Notre Dame and has written a lot on this. He's, he, he dedicated this movement that came on the scenes in the early 2000s as moralistic therapeutic deism. It's a, it's a big phrase. You, you could sum it up by saying practical atheism. 
they surveyed, they surveyed at the time in the early 2000s, 3,000 teenagers. And when they interviewed the 3,000 teenagers, they asked them the question, what do you believe about God? And what they found was that the teenagers basically believed that there is a God, that he wants us to be happy, and he wants us to be nice. And it's kind of summed up, you could say, as many people have, have written on this, it's summed up as that the, the, the prevalent view is that, that God is a cosmic therapist, right? He's ready to help out when needed. That's the therapeutic part. And he exists, but he really isn't part of our daily lives. That's the deist part. And then third, we're supposed to be good people. It's important for us to be good people. But each person must find what's right for him or her. That's the moralistic part. And it's important to be morally upright. But on what it is to be a good person, it's up to him or her individually. And so now that movement to the, and, and, and that coming out in the teens in the early 2000s, those, which would have been me, I would have been a, a teen in the early 2000s, now 36 years old, are the ones that are now raising children. And it, as we turn today and look at the, the, this current backdrop, this belief, this moralistic, ther therapeutic deism, it's prevalent in the American culture now. One author, one author put it this way. He says, moralistic therapeutic deism, or call it practical atheism, he says, is the most popular worldview for those who call themselves Christians in the United States today. Of those even in the pews. But he says it's the most, most popular worldview for those that call themselves Christians. I'll wear a cross, I'll even wear the, cor the corpus of the crucified Lord on, around my neck, around my, 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 around my wrist as a bracelet. I call myself a Christian, but it's really on my terms. You know, this, to sum up, it's like, it, it, it's, it's a God that's thought to be undemanding, simply wanting people to, be, to feel good about themselves and to, to live morally upright, to be happy and successful. That was fed now for the last number of decades and has been in spades. And it's permeated not just with like those that are in their 30s and 40s and 20s now and below, but it's even permeated like tentacles all over and it's spread, it's, it's spread rampant. And it's a dead end. Being a moralistic therapeutic deist is a dead end. A practical atheist is a dead end. One other thing to say about the backdrop before moving on, it's important and critical for us to understand, is that it's more dangerous than actual atheism. You see, because an actual atheist will, will think deeply about the topic. I'll think deeply about it, I'll study it, I'll study about God before rejecting the belief in him. While a practical atheist, they end up just falling into this middle indifference. It kind of just, the culture, it just, it subtly permeates through the subconscious where I just slip into it de facto. I slip into this indifference part. I just slip into this 
just wants me to be a good person, to wants me to be happy, and what is a good person is really up to an individual person. That's the current backdrop. That's our current backdrop today. That's what Jesus wants to bring us before as he asks the question, who do you say that I am? That's our Caesarea Philippi. That's a prevalent thought. That's our backdrop today. Which brings me secondly here to being called out of the shallow, being called out of the shallows. N.T. Wright, who's a prolific biblical scholar, says, said, it, said it this way. How can you live, how can you live with the terrifying thought that the hurricane has become human, that the fire has become flesh, that life itself became life and walked in our midst? He says Christianity either means that or it means nothing. It either is the most devastating disclosure of the deepest reality of the world or it's a sham. It's nonsense. And he says, most of us, unable to cope with saying either of those two things, unable to say that the hurricane became flesh, that the, that, or to say that the hurricane become, became human, that the fire became flesh, and also unable to say that it's nonsense, that, it's, that he's wicked, that he's insane, but not able to really place him as Lord, we end up just living in the middle, living in the shallows, he says. See, the, 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 the rational spot is to say that he is the unique, final, perfect revelation of God. You either have to utterly reject him or build your life around him, like completely build your life around him and say what he says goes, even the things that I don't like, because he is the unique, final, perfect revelation of God. He says most of us are unable to, to, to do one of those two things, so we just live in the shallows. That's the moralistic, therapeutic deism. That's the, the practical atheism. Don't live in the shadow, shallows. You weren't made to live in the shallows. But the reason that my generation and younger now and, it, and it, like I said, it's the tentacles that are spreading outward. The reason why we are so many are living in the shallows is really because the church has failed. Because the church hasn't been demanding enough. It's been asking too little. It hasn't been saying, choose this, follow Christ, and it will be one of the more difficult things that you will ever do in your life. As Bishop Barron says, for a long time, the way he coined it, he says, we've been offering beige Catholicism. Bland, not deep, not thought-provoking, not able to answer and dig into the, and, and answer the questions that we all have in the, in, in the bottom of our hearts. We've domesticated Jesus, that he's a nice guy. He's a moral, he's, he's a good moral teacher. He's a moral guru. The reality is he's the hurricane that's become human. He's the fire that's become flesh. And he requires everything. He demands everything of us. So we're left with the question. 
who do you say that I am? We're left really with a decision. Regardless of how, how it is that we were raised and how we're brought up, we're left with the question that is, at the end of the day, the most important question that we'll ever answer in our entire lives. But that question, given our current backdrop today, as a, the current backdrop, as a pra practical atheism, moralistic, ther therapeutic deism that just, just runs through the streams today. I think as we ask that question and pose it to ourselves and Jesus poses it to us, it's good to go back to that secular psychologist that says, Jesus is too terrifying of a reality to fully believe. That's more right. That's more right than living as a practical atheist. He says, I don't even know what would happen to me if I fully believed. What would happen in your life if you fully believed? If you really made him Lord? If you centered your entire life around him, that he really became the center and what he said goes? He invites us into the adventure, maybe especially to, any, to the youth that are here. What he invites you into, the adventure that he invites you into, will be the most difficult thing you ever say yes to and the most difficult thing you will ever do. It will demand everything from you. But it's that very thing, it's that very adventure that you are called for, that you're destined for, is to follow Jesus Christ in all his ways. It'll be the most difficult thing you'll ever do, but that's what Christianity demands. That's what Jesus demands. Anything other than that, you're living in the shallows. You can reject them. You can live in the middle with indifference, but know that you're living in the shallows and you weren't made for the shallows. Reject moralistic therapeutic deism. Reject being a practical atheist. Yeah, I'm, what, I'm, a, I'm Christian. I believe. But practically speaking, I really don't attempt to place him as Lord of my life. So practically speaking, it looks more like atheism. That's most Christians today who will call themselves Christians. So as we look at this question, maybe to end with this, as we, as we look at this question, as we ask ourselves this question, maybe as we come up and receive the Eucharist and, 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 and ask ourselves the question, know this first, that before you even begin to approach of answering that question, know that he's already pursuing you. He's already inviting you out of the shallows. Wherever you're at in the question, wherever you're at with regards to the, where I'm at with keeping him as Lord and if I've slipped, he's inviting you out of the shallows, the hurricane that became human, the fire that became flesh, life itself that took on life and walked the earth is inviting you out of the shallows of which we might find ourselves in. We just need 
to make the same response as Peter did today and say, you are the son of the living God. And I intend to leave here today with really placing you the Lord of my life.